TH Glee, the show where we get high and watch Glee. I'm Courtney, and I've never seen all of Glee. And I'm Elise, and Glee was my entire personality back in the day. I know for the listeners, we are both consuming weed legally and are allowed to have it, so if it is not legal in your area or you are not of legal age to consume it, please don't. And yes, we will be trashing Will Schuster in every episode. Please enjoy this and hi us, take it away. <laughs> well. Lord, we just come because here we are again. People, <laughs> there was an exit. <laughs> <to> follow through. <laughs> so, uh, season five, episode fourteen, New New York, New New York, New York. <laughs> Courtney, did you like this episode? It was fine. It was better than the last one. <laughs> this was better than like. Anything we've gotten for a very long time. I was yeah. expecting a stronger reaction from you. You know, it was nice that we weren't ever in Ohio. I do appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And it's a smaller cast of characters. A little easier to deal with. They're all in the same place. Yeah, like, not much happened in this, but, like, in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> the smart- like, like, there were, like, fleshed out stories. And... There were only, like, three or four of them, which was nice, as opposed to, like, the ten that we usually get. The song choices were still weird, but whatever. A lot of songs. A lot of songs. And as you pointed out, I had never thought about it this way, (laughs) but as you pointed out, because they're not in the musty-ass Glee Club anymore, the Glee Club anymore, um, Uh, they, their transitions to songs are not nearly as natural. <laughs> no, because there's, like, at least before there was, like, the, like, pretending... The framing device? The uh, pretending of an excuse to sing around, like, the fact that maybe we'll sing this for nationals, even right. though they never did. Right, but, like, at least there was, like, times where people would just, like, be like, okay, it's time for my solo in the Glee Club, and I'll just stand in the Glee Club and I'll sing. <laughs> Whereas here, they're, like, in public for... All but, like, one of these songs were in public. And they're, like, canonically happening. Like, in the world of Glee, it is just a known fact that at any moment, we will all burst into song and dance. <laughs> and you just have to, like, go along with it. Even though you're- No, because the people the people in public go along with it. They do. Nobody is- and Which is even weirder, because we're in New York goddamn city- and if anybody started a flash mob when I was just trying to walk through, like, a fucking guitar center, I would leave and then set the building on fire. Like, and <laughs> you know what? arson. And nobody would stop me, because everyone would join me. The fire department would come with a flame. Like. They would be like, no, we understand. Yeah. <laughs> if you walk slower than five miles per hour, you are pushed into the street. <laughs> so i like this world there were really very few characters in this i like this fantasy version of new york (laughs) do you wish you lived there instead honestly it'd be more fun 
I would be annoyed personally, but you know, at least life would be exciting because you're like, ooh, is there going to be like a mob in this Target today? <laughs> <laughs> you did recognize a lot of the locations in this, um, pointing out that this episode was largely shot on location. Um, they don't do that as much for the remaining episodes of the season, even though they're all in New York, just because, like, there's going to be more stuff with Nyada and, like, in Funny Girl and in offices and at their apartments so that it's, like, less, like, on the street. But I mean, for this Funny one, you Girl. could tell they were, like, really trying something. Funny Girl, which has been in rehearsal for six months. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, I think it's implied that it's been six months. See, this is what I'm confused by. I feel like it's supposed to be six months since the last episode. Yes, which means Funny Girl has been in rehearsal for like Which means nine she's months. been in rehearsal for a year. Yeah. <laughs> but they also did like a workshop. They put the it? marquee up on like the first episode after Rachel had been hired. But didn't, but she said in this one that they did a workshop, I assume probably in Chicago or something. Yeah, yeah. So like it makes a little more sense because they did an out of town tryout. They just say out of town. They don't say where it is. Yeah, but um, it's probably Chicago. They, like right at the beginning, they reveal that like they've been in rehearsals. They did an out of town tryout. They restaged the entire thing. <laughs> yeah, which <laughs> and have been back in rehearsals. And they say uh, that like it's no big deal, and I'm like, no, that's a very big deal. <laughs> There, Courtney, there are still two more full episodes before Funny Girl opens. <laughs> I just don't understand what they would have to restage or try out when it's a revival. Well, like, the current revival of Funny Girl, uh, like, redid a lot of stuff. Oh, like, okay. they, like, they, Harvey Firestein, like, Fari Steen, excuse me, like, rewrote the book. Wait, so um, we're... Not, like, completely, but, like, he did, like, heavy edits on it. Are and... we are we assuming then that, then that this version of Funny Girl is, like, a workshop different version of the Funny Girl? Is that what we're assuming in this world of Glee? <laughs> well... Well, so, I mean, it's not gonna be, like, the same direction as the original production. That's so rare. No, I know. That really only happens with very specific things. Like, like West Side Story, like, I think you're, like, technically supposed to use a lot of the same choreography, because it's so important. So that's even um, <laughs> There's other shows. Like, every time there's a revival of Cabaret now, it's just the Cabaret from the 90s. Yeah. It, like, so, like, there's times where they do it that way, but, like, the original Funny Girl was, like, in the early 60s. <laughs> they don't have to keep it the same. But I think, yeah, I think they, like, restaged it, which, I mean, which begs the question, how? How did they restage it? Like, because when we see it, it's still very much, like, traditional. Like, could you imagine if, like, in the world of Glee, Rachel's production of Funny Girl had to get restaged, and they did, like, like a fucking Bertolt Brecht production of oh, funny girl oh my god i would watch the hell out of that funny girl in space <laughs> <laughs> minimalist funny girl where everyone wears a sign around their neck that says their character name oh my god <laughs> i just like i don't know i think it's a lot to ask of the writers of glee to assume that they knew what they were doing when they were talking about any time kind of broadway timeline because they obviously don't um yeah the point is 
she's still in fucking rehearsal for Funny Girl. And they also mentioned that Santana quit the show, which she said she was going to do, which I maintain is a bad decision. Yeah. Um, but she's, but she, I mean, she, I mean, if she's going to do it, I guess, like, okay, she's going on, like, a huge vacation. But, I mean, also, if it's going to be in rehearsals for that long, Santana could go on vacation and come back. Yeah. And, like, just train to be the understudy. Like, that's. Like, they train the understudies after the show has opened, basically. I guess they might do it differently now that COVID is as much of a thing, but they they don't train the understudies until, like, right around opening, right? I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like that's... I mean, I, if I'm wrong, <laughs> I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I've rarely worked with understudies. In, in- I mean, they train replacements in Broadway shows... In like two weeks. Well, yeah, I don't know. I see. I always assume because understudies understudies implies to me that they are also in the ensemble. So right. Well, oh, so standby. A standby. That might be different. She probably would not need to train like intensively like Rachel does. Like she would probably no. Like, she she wouldn't need to be at every rehearsal for six plus months. No, no. There's no way. Yeah, so it's like I don't they're making a big deal of a standby quitting and it's like, no, you're gonna find like thirteen hundred girls who are gonna do it just fine. Like they're acting like only two people in New York can sing. I don't Yeah. Anyways, this episode starts um <laughs> with is it with Rachel? It starts with Rachel yeah. and the producer it's talking. A, yeah, so it starts with all of this, the funny girl shit. And the producer is basically like, you're my star. Um, so you're getting a new car. And then she basically has a town car with the driver to take her wherever she wants to go in New York. Which I I think is, like, f- fine. Like, yeah, if you can afford to do that, great. Um, I think driving in New York takes twice as long than, as taking the subway. Like, 90% of yeah. the time. So I don't know how the fuck Rachel's going to get anywhere on time. Anyways. So she's- I think maybe the way that I could see the advantage of it is that like, and I don't know why this is, oh my God, I cannot believe we're like literally a minute and a half into the episode and I'm already rewriting it in my head. Yeah. But they should have made this about the fact that Rachel is the star of a Broadway show and a full-time college student. Um, because then the town car makes sense because she can like work on homework while she's commuting, yeah. as opposed to, like, having to run everywhere. That would have made it make sense. And then there would be this push and pull between the two worlds, because, spoiler alert, that's gonna be a big part of, that's, like, the B-plot of the next episode, is Rachel struggling with balancing Miata and Funny Girl, and it's, like, you could have introduced that earlier so that it would feel like more of an arc that would actually have payoff. Just saying. <laughs> Or, or take what this episode actually had in it, which was the mugging, and just have Rachel get mugged, and then have her freak out that she got mugged, and tell, like, the, the funny girl people, and they'd be like, oh my god, we can't have her, like, Broadway star getting mugged. Here's a town car. Like, they just gave her a town car. <laughs> okay, working off of that. So, like, what if Rachel... <laughs> what if she got the town car, turns it down at first takes the subway, gets mugged, then is like, okay, I'll take that town car, please, because I'm scared now. But then uh, Artie, who is in a wheelchair but can still navigate the city, 
like, convinces her to, like, go back out into the world. Like, yeah. Because she loves New York. She she loves it. It's been a part of her identity for a long time. She loves New York so much. And that could help her fall back in love with New York. We just came up with three different options that are better than what this was. And guess what? It wasn't even significant to anything. No. It's a little That's thing. That's how much we care. It's a little thing. But also, it's those little plot points that you can put in. They start your... to add up, don't they? Because they add up over time into a story. And right now, all of these plot points we have add up to just characters disappearing and never being spoken of again. <laughs> And it's like, we need a list of people who keep going missing in this world and who the fuck is killing them and why is it probably Kurt? Like, <laughs> where is Adam? Kurt is angry in this episode. Oh. Kurt's defining emotion of this episode is angry. <laughs> yeah, so Rachel gets the town car and she's like, oh my god, so exciting. Let's go meet my friends. And then they immediately start singing uh, downtown. Um, mm-hmm. Downtown. And it cuts to Kurt and Blaine and Sam and Artie. They're all in like Washington Square Park um, in Lower Manhattan. And then Rachel drives up to them and they're all singing together. And then they all see Rachel in the town car and they're like, what the fuck? That's so cool. And then they stop singing and they all look at each other and run around and hug each other. And then Rachel's like, come on, we're gonna go get lunch or whatever the fuck. And so... There's only enough room in this car for three of them because the front seat is full of shopping bags, presumably. Even though... I think so. Even though during the shots of Rachel singing in the car, that front seat was not there. (laughs) It was not there. (laughs) It's true. It was in the later scenes of her in the car, but it was not in the scene at the beginning, which was very funny. And Courtney kept pointing it out. Because Courtney just just not where is that one slide. Where is this chair? Um, there's a camera sitting there. Sorry. So, so we have Artie, Sam, Blaine, and Kurt. They have to choose two of them to go with Rachel. And do they choose Artie? No. Artie's like, no, that's fine. I'll just take the subway with Sam. Blaine and Kurt, you go. And they're like, okay, we'll meet you there. And it's like, no. <laughs> And but, but that leads us to the second plot point, plot line, which is Artie's like, I'm in New York. I'm taking the subway like a real New Yorker. And he's like, walking, walking. No, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Wheeling around New York, like at the speed of sound. And he's like, I got this. At the speed of sound. Could you imagine? Yeah, he's like the Flash, but on a wheelchair. (laughs) um just mowing down pedestrians they don't even know what hit them yeah (laughs) and he's rolling through the subway um and then a guy on crutches steals his backpack and like hobbles the back of his wheelchair and Artie is like screaming at him to stop nobody does anything okay 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 here's Here's what I was confused by. This guy is actively using crutches, trying to run away. Artie has wheels. And, like, I know that it's, like, crowded and there's a lot of people, but, like, Artie should be able to catch up to him and smack him in the back of the leg. But also, 
this is a crowded subway. A man in a wheelchair is saying, hey, that guy on the crutches stole my bag. Nobody's going to do anything. New Yorkers are nicer than that. There were so many able-bodied people there who could have been like, who could have just grabbed the guy and been like, hey, guy on crutches. That was his name in the credits, by the way, was man on, cr- man on crutches. <laughs> like, guy on crutches. <laughs> I paid attention. Um, and then like, hey, dude, <laughs> not cool. And taking the bag and giving it back. Like, how hard is that? Call 911. That's true. At least one person probably would have helped him. Yes. I mean, like, most people are, you know, self-serving, but, like, people are also nice. It's, like, especially, like, I have to say, like, people get, like, New Yorkers are said to be rude. They're actually very nice. In my experience, if they, I'm in a crowded they subway... They protect their own, you know? Yeah, if I'm in a crowded subway and somebody's not acting right... Everyone looks at each other, assesses the situation, and goes, how are we going to navigate this together? Because there are more of us than there are of you. So, like, you know, there's a camaraderie in the subway. There was nothing in this episode. Because Ryan Murphy is a nepotism baby. I don't know if that's true, but... I don't think that's true, but he's definitely not a New York person. Anyways, I digress. Okay. So, Ari gets So, that was song one. (laughs) Yeah. Um, song two. Kurt and Blaine wake up together. They're living together. They're in their loft. They're their little PJs. In Brooklyn, in Bushwick. What a lovely neighborhood. I've heard it's nice. What if you lived across the street from the loft that all the Glee kids live in? I... They haven't really shown... Can you imagine? They haven't shown, like, the outside of their building, but... From, like, what I can tell, I feel like I know, like, what part of Bushwick that would have been in. Because <laughs> Bushwick is very, like, industrial that way. Yeah. But it's also highly gentrified now because all the white people are living there. So, Kurt and Blaine are being all lovey-dovey. Uh, Blaine's making Kurt pancakes. They've been living together for six months now. And then they sing, You make me feel so young. That one. Great Frank Sinatra. You made me feel the song run. You sound just like him. I also watched Elf last night, and that song is an elf. And the producer. Wasn't... Yeah, you, you said that somebody else in this was an elf. Yeah, the guy who's the producer for Funny Girl, he is the, like, owner of the publishing company in Elf that um, Buddy's dad works for. Did we already get the scene, I think we did, where Rachel and the the guy in the cast sing, uh, You Are Woman, I Am Man? I don't remember. I think we probably did. Anyway, what I was gonna say is that, like, this producer guy, who I don't think we've seen before, he's now, like, the character that's just like, I work at Funny Girl. Um, like, we don't get dr cullen anymore or like the other guy what anymore it's like just this producer from here on out we don't get carlisle or mr fantastic anymore i'm pretty sure we don't i'm pretty sure it's just this guy going forward that's weird i don't like it the show's weird also so current blending their song and then Kurt's like, hey, Blaine, I think Sam should move out because he's kind of killing the vibes. And Blaine's like, okay, I'll talk to you. Well, they're, like, about to, like, make out and Sam busts in on them. Yeah, and he's like, I'm gonna go shower. And so, 
Blaine's like, okay, I'll talk to them. And then Blaine goes to talk to Sam, and Sam's like, I don't know, I just feel down about, like, modeling and whatever. And then Blaine's like, come on, man, we're in New York. And then they go into Times Square, and they go saying, this is gonna be the best day of my life. My Third life. song before the ad break. The credits are still rolling, by the way. <laughs> the, like, opening credits. <laughs> so they sing that. Like, there's a weird dance crew there. Yeah, there's, like, it's, like, a dance crew that are, like, all wearing t-shirts for their dance crew. But they weren't very good. Sorry. (laughs) The thing about this is that, like, they do this number, which, like, I don't really know why we needed it. And they just picked this song because it was whatever year it was. It was 2014 and this was a song. Yeah. But what tripped me up so hard about this is that at the end of it, Blaine is like, see, Sam, if you can sing in Times Square, you can go to this modeling call. I'm like, I'm sorry. This diegetically happened? This really just happened? This was not, like, a fantasy? He's like, see, Sam, you sang in Times Square. That's what I'm saying. Did he? Canonically, every at any moment... Everyone can just start singing and dancing, and everyone has to join in and just like know what to I'm do. Not into it. It's like you're living in a flash mob that can happen at any moment, and honestly, that gives me so much anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the dance moves. I'm sorry, I didn't rehearse. <laughs> so yeah, so that happens, and then Kurt is the mime scene before that. Yes. So Kurt, it doesn't matter. It's you can throw it in here. Yeah, Kurt is taking a miming mime class at Niada, mm-hmm. and then he's doing it, and it's like a master class by like some great mime by Marceau Marcel Marceau's illegitimate son. I don't know what any of that means. Um, Marcel Marceau is like the most famous mime ever. Sure, I didn't know you could be famous for being a mime. Sorry to all the mime listeners out there, but you can't say anything to me, so. Um. <laughs> Anyways, so the, Kurt's in this master class, and then he's looking, he's, like, doing his, like, rope pulling, and then he, and Blaine's there, and he's like, what the fuck, why is Blaine here? And Blaine's like, I got permission from Carmen Thibodeau to be in this class. It turns out we have six out of the eight classes we have together, and then. They're taking eight classes? Doesn't Kurt still... It's not high school. Doesn't Kurt presumably still work for Vogue right now, too? I just... I mean, we'd never hear about Vogue again. I mean, we might. I It, it will never in a million years be important again. But... but <laughs> Eight classes. Ryan Murphy really just was like, college is just like high school, right? No, I tell you... <laughs> you have eight classes? I tell you have school. them every day? like four classes yeah if that yeah three or four yeah you just it wasn't about the like the number of classes it was the number of credits yeah anyways eight we are we're in six of eight of each other's classes that's too many classes that's an absurd amount Are, are like some of them like twice a semester seminars or something like why why would there be eight classes i 
we don't need to fixate on this. We can move on. I just... If anyone, if you know, if you know Blaine and Kurt's um, class schedule at Nyata, at Nyata, uh, let us know. Send it to thglee420 at gmail.com, our real email address. <laughs> or DM it to us on Instagram at thglee420. Yeah, have we ever mentioned our email address on here? If people want, they can send us stuff at th, well, not at, thglee420 at gmail.com. Yeah. I don't we know. Might check it someday. <laughs> we're not. It's not like we're great at. Perfect. We're gonna be done by the time this comes out. I know. We'll have already finished Glee by the time that this comes out. I we know. are getting close. We're almost done with season five. <laughs> we're gonna have to do so many bonus episodes because I like. I don't want this to die. <laughs> well, we have to. We have to watch the Glee important now. So. <laughs> oh. Because you told me. Yeah, I was telling Courtney about the Glee porn earlier. Which is very upsetting. I read, like, a full synopsis. But they're children. There's adults. But it... Are- also, it's, it's, it's like, season one. It's, like, season one Glee. So, like, Quinn is pregnant. And, like... But wait, but, but like, are they, like, canonically 18, then? I don't think they address it. Okay. It's just, like delving into weird territory anyways um i mean the actors were clearly of age yeah yeah i know but like it's still like weird territory listen i'm not endorsing the glee porn (laughs) i am not saying it's good or that you should watch it although (laughs) maybe you should i don't know i have not okay this all came up because i don't even remember why but this morning Rick and I started talking about porn for some reason. I literally do not remember how. But I mentioned, I brought up the Glee porn. Um, oh, it was because, like, porn parodies. We're talking about porn parodies in general. And I was like, oh, the only one that I've seen is the Glee porn parody, which came out in 2010. And Rick said, who does Mr. Shoe fuck, the wheelchair kid? <laughs> <laughs> which is a very upsetting sentence, honestly. <laughs> But also, for the record, uh, I looked it up. Mr. Shu fucks Emma, obviously, and then Rachel, also obviously. Ew. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense, actually. Yeah. So Kurt and Blaine are having some marital problems because they're just around each other too much, and Kurt's feeling suffocated. And so Kurt goes to hang out with Elliot. Um, remember him, Adam Lambert. And they're at remember Gu- Elliot Starchild Gilbert. And they're they're at um, Guitar Center again. They really just were like these two are only allowed to sing together if it's at a fucking Guitar Center. Yeah, and Elliot's like, I thought of this like great song or band should sing, which doesn't matter. Did you know this song? Did you recognize this song? No. Okay, so this song, you know, the song "Say Something." Say something, I'm giving yes. up on you. Yeah. This is that band's other song. <laughs> oh, they had another song? Yeah, they had, like, a whole album. I mean, I guess that makes sense for them. Darren Chris was in one of their music videos. Was it- Not for this song, for a third song. Oh. They have more than two songs? <laughs> I told you they have an album. Does that make it silly? Anyway. Anyways. Um, so, Kurt's like, I don't know what to do, because 
Sam is crowding us, and Elliot's like, is it Sam or is it Blaine? And Kurt's like, oh, I need space. And Elliot's like, let's sing a song. And then he gives him, like, good advice. And then I, I swear at the end of them singing, they, like, put their arms around each other, like, bro They really do look like they're going to kiss. But they look like they're about to make out. Like, they are looking into each other's eyes. There is a lot of sexual tension between them. Yeah, it's interesting that they only, like, touched on that as, like, a joke. Yeah. Like, that's, like, not going anywhere. They didn't even, like, try that. Yeah. That is interesting. Um, so so then everyone's at the loft. Artie is freaking out and trying to call the police because his laptop was stolen. Kurt's trying to help him. Blaine's using the soda stream to make sugar-free orange soda. Rachel <laughs> Rachel comes Blaine in. It was so funny in this scene. Rachel comes in and is like, mm, I would take like a hot water with some lemon. And then she like goes to Artie and is like, it's okay, Artie. This is just like what makes you a real New Yorker. And Artie's like, well, she tells a story, yeah, of her that. trying to give a homeless man a dollar, and then she realized that it was actually a ten dollar. So when she asked for change, he like was like, no, and then like everyone like booed and jeered and hissed at her. Yeah, like, <laughs> and she's pretty. like, so I know what you're going through, <laughs> and. Someone in the room was like, what, so you're out $9? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's... I'm sorry, Lee Michelle was actually very funny in this episode. I think she was very funny. I think she was just being <laughs> herself. <laughs> like, like, the scene at the end where, like, she is talking so fast, and then she just, like, whips around and screams, Taxi! Yeah. She's like, oh my god, I love this for us. This is so fun. I'll bring pies. Taxi! <laughs> was she on, like, crack or cocaine or something? Like, I don't know, but it was very funny. So, Artie yells at Rachel. Rachel gets offended. Blaine brings her her lemon water, and then she looks at it and goes, are those Meyer lemons? I won't eat that. And then she leaves. <laughs> <laughs> the way she goes, no, I can't have that. <laughs> Michelle has some of my favorite line readings in this entire series. Yeah. <laughs> she's got, what's a left balloon? It's a left <laughs> she's balloon. Got, she's got, no, I can't have that. <laughs> and then, and then Kurt and Blaine talk and Blaine's like, you're mad at me or something. And Kurt's like, no, I'm not. Well, well so what happens is Blaine's like, Kurt, you know, this feels more like his place and it's our place. And um, I, oh, there was also a scene where Kurt was talking to Elliot where um, he talks about how Blaine brought home a couch the other oh, night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and he was like, it was actually kind of cute. And I liked it until I lifted up the cushion and it was filled with bed bugs. And this sequence was very funny. <laughs> Also, but you can't see bed bugs. Like that's the, the danger of them. They're like too, right. too small to see. Maybe it was like so infested with bed bugs that like you they could actually tell. Ew. 
maybe that's the implication. But so, yeah, so it shows them, like, freaking out and, like, spraying, like, bug spray, like, everywhere in their house and, like, choking and, like, taking really thorough scrubbing showers. (laughs) The silkwood showers. Yeah. (laughs) I understand because I've seen that movie now. (laughs) Um. Uh, That was your long con. Um but anyway, so so after that, Blaine is like, you also, know, also, I'm gonna make like, it up to him. Sorry, that's like the third time they've made a Silkwood shower like joke in this show. You know, that's a good point. You're right. Now that I think of it, they do bring up Silkwood a weird amount. Not that like three or four times is a lot, but like, but it like, is for something that obscure. Yeah, for like an obscure Meryl Street movie about like a woman who was, like, maybe killed by the government. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's very... Like, of all the weird things that they reference, they sure do bring that one up often. I mean, I know, like, Cher's a lesbian in it, but, like, come on. <laughs> God, could you imagine if Cher had ever been on an episode of Glee? She probably even go on Drag Race. What makes you think she would have gone on Glee? <laughs> she wouldn't have, because she didn't. Yeah. But could you imagine if people would have died? Deaths would have occurred. <laughs> yeah. She might have killed Matthew Morrison if she ever met him. <laughs> Honestly, it would be an event so camp it would like actually cause a natural disaster somewhere. You know what? Cher might set Leah Michelle straight, honestly. Snap <laughs> <laughs> out of it. <laughs> So, uh, so, so yeah, so Blaine. <laughs> Blaine and Kurt have a little tiff. Well, he's, he's like set up, he like put tape on the floor for everything. Yeah. But then he like also like got a desk and a chair and like a lamp. And like, honestly, it looked really cute. I would love to sit at that desk. He was but making, Kurt like, shows up and immediately starts, he's like, he's like Mr. Shoe in this episode. He just like immediately starts screaming. Yes, but he looks at Blaine and is like, you didn't ask, and this is my space, and, like, I had it a way that I liked, and you're putting your office, like, right in my viewing space of when I first walk in the door and the feng shui is off, and Blaine's like, I get it, you don't want me here, blah, 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 you just want Elliot, and then Kurt's like, the fuck are you talking about? And Blaine's like, I know all about you and Elliot, you and Elliot, (laughs) and Kurt's like, shut the fuck up, you dumb bitch. I mean- you're you're just slightly mischaracterizing it because I don't think Blaine brings up Elliot. Blaine's like, "Where were you?" or something, or I forget how it oh, comes no, up. Kurt but Kurt's was like, like Elliot. Well, I was with I was just with Elliot. Oh, that's right. He's like, I just talked to Elliot about this, and Kurt's like, "Oh, Elliot," and Kurt's like, "Yeah, we were just talking." Or no, he goes, "Yeah, he's my friend." He goes, "I bet he's your friend." <laughs> and Kurt goes. Blaine, we were just talking, and Blaine goes, I bet you were talking. <laughs> and Kurt's which is, the fuck are you doing, dude? This is my other favorite line delivery in the episode, as Darren Chris on, I bet you were talking. <laughs> well, and then they have their little fight, and then Blaine leaves the apartment <laughs> and, like, goes to Elliot's apartment. Don't know how he knows where he lives, because he... He, like, literally, Elliot opens the door, Blaine, like, hands in Elliot's face, pushes him out of the way, and, like, storms (laughs) in the apartment like a little angry little gnome, and, like, starts pacing around, (laughs) 
<laughs> he he is, and he looks. He actually looks every bit of five eight, which is what Darren Chris is. Yeah, because <laughs> he looks so little. <laughs> he's like storming around Elliot's apartment like a little angry gnome, and is like, "What are you doing, Kurt? You're trying to steal Kurt from me? You're trying to trick my? He's my fiance, and I love him." And Elliot's like, "Okay, simmer down." muchacho like and blaine's like and another thing he's like literally on his tiptoes trying to get into fucking ellie yeah he's like he's like craning his neck up to get in his face and the camera the camera angle isn't helping because it's literally like above ellie yeah like pointed pointed down down. on it Blaine's look even like smaller. <laughs> it's so good. I love it. It's brilliant. And and Blaine's like, you think you could come around here like some sort of steampunk glitter rock vampire and steal? <laughs> and you're like, oh, Elliot's so great. He doesn't even have to put gel in his hair. <laughs> <laughs> and Elliot's just like, can can you like not? Yeah. <laughs> And it's like, you come into my space. And then the other thing, Blaine goes, you know, not that I, like, have your phone number or anything. We're not even Facebook friends because I politely waited for you to add me, but that never happened. <laughs> and I felt so seen because it's the exact sort of petty shit I pull on the regular. <laughs> God. Well, and then, and then Elliot in response picks up the guitar and is like, hey, hold this. And Blaine's like, why? And he's like, it's like a body pillow. Maybe it'll relax you. <laughs> the craziest thing about it is that it works. Yeah. And Elliot's like, I don't want your fiance, bruh. We're just friends. But it sounds like maybe you two need to talk about some shit. <laughs> so basically, Elliot like fixes their relationship and is like, hey, Blaine, maybe Kurt needs space and you're just not giving it to him. Mm-hmm. So that happens. Meanwhile, and then they sing a little song called Glitter Rock Vampire. True. The only time when it was appropriate for them to segue into a song and they sang a two second fake song. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> what? Okay. What if, if they had gone into a real song there, like you thought they were going to, what should they have sang? Why can't we be friends? <laughs> Or when to become one. (laughs) I was going to go with just the two of us. Yes. (laughs) Just the two of us. We bring up that song a lot, you you and me. It's a TikTok song, so it gets in my head a lot. (laughs) Meanwhile, back in Rachel and Artie world, um, Rachel's driving around in her town car, or riding around her town car. She's not driving. Um... With her chauffeur, like fucking Anne Hathaway, The Princess Diaries, and oh god, they're like riding around, and they get they get to Chinatown, and Rachel's like having these like weird thoughts where she's, she's having like, like a panic attack in her head. Yeah, and she's like, "I'm not a part of the city anymore. I'm not like Fanny Bryce at all. I've never even slept to the new museum for an opening night or whatever the fuck. I don't know." And then she's like. Hey, Dimitri, where are we? And he's like, we're in Chinatown. And she's like, pull over. I'm going to get a tea or some herbs or some shit. And then she just hops out of her car and she just decides to run around Chinatown without a care in the world. 
And then she goes to Artie and tells her tells him to meet her at like a subway shop and Artie does and then they're on this they're like she comes up to him and is like Artie you were right I had lost touch with myself but I found myself again and I'm going to ride the subway with you every day so that you feel safe and then they they sing a song that I also had never heard of um it's called Don't Sleep in the Subway I don't know who it's by Yeah it was fine but <laughs> As this song was happening, it dawned on me that when the fuck have we ever cared about Artie and Rachel's relationship in the history of this show? I had also never thought about this before, but yeah, I think this was literally their first scene that's, like, just them talking. And then, like, I think it was their first time singing as a duet. I I think it was literally the first time. They have never interacted in, like, a major way before. That I know it's always been like Rachel's having a scene and Artie's like commenting in yeah. the corner. Yeah, and like Rachel was never a part of the like B plot that Artie was a part of, you know? No, because Rachel always had the A plot. Yeah, because Artie was like with Tina and like Sam. <laughs> yeah. So it's like now that Artie's like an A plot character, I guess we gotta make him and Rachel be friends, like suddenly. <laughs> So, I mean, it was it was nice. We've already discussed how it could have been better, but I think yeah. it was nice. Yeah. So that happens. That's nice. And then Blaine comes home, and he and Kurt talk. They have a little talky talk. Also, somewhere in all of that, Sam says that he's moving out and he's moving into uh, a bunch of apartments or an apartment with a bunch of other models because model housing is like a thing. Um, yeah. Because. We treat models like cattle, um, and we put them all in the same place, and then fill them with drugs. And so, they're kind of big of this episode to actually go there. Yeah, right. So Sam is moving into this model house. He's also um, got his first model gig with Bubble, Bubbles, Bubble. I think it's Bubble, which is a men's underwear brand that has butt padding to make your butt look good. I guess. Give you some, and he gives Blaine a free pair, which Blaine does not need. He's got those thick cakes. Um, mm-hmm. We we saw him in the twerking episode. Yeah, <laughs> I hate that episode. Um, <laughs> so that happens, but Sam moves into this model housing, and his roommate is a girl named Sam, and they like talk or whatever. But then she starts pulling out pills and is like, do you want these pills? Do you want these pills? Do you want these pills? And Sam's like, oh, never mind. I can't live here. And then he leaves. That's the end of that. Also, the guy from Riverdale is there. Yeah, the guy who's one of the gang members in Riverdale is there. And it's his first ever acting credit. Yeah. As we learned. Good for him. So then Kurt and Blaine are in the apartment. And then they make up. And Blaine's like, I'm going to move out. And Kurt's like, but I don't want to go backwards. And Blaine's like, we're not going backwards. We're just moving forward in our own way or some shit. Okay, this speech, this like little back and forth conversation they have, it's like all very sweet. But it doesn't really feel like a conversation because like they both have like, they both come to an agreement immediately yeah and they're just like affirming why it's the right thing to do over and over and over again yeah and it feels like it was written to like 
cover their bases in some way. Does that make sense? Do you get what I'm going for? Like, yeah, it, it feels like it feels like an explanation, like to the viewer as to why they're doing this, as opposed to like them coming to that decision organically. <laughs> yeah, like I get the the like I don't know. It's weird, like. They would want Kurt and Blaine to move in together, but then, like, they would want them to not live together. I just think they don't really know how to write healthy relationships, and this was the best they could come up with. And, like, sure, it's better than a lot of the other stuff that we've seen from the healthy relationships, but I still think it just lacks imagination. Yeah. I just, I don't think I understand what this episode is supposed to do. Like, they're so intent on giving Kurt and Blaine problems, but, like... But then they are not really, like, realistic problems. I mean, it it, it starts off realistic enough, but, like, if you're actually in a healthy relationship, you probably would have talked about this, like, before it got to the point where, like, you're saying, hey, we need to, like, live apart. Like, you'd be doing the work in real time. (laughs) They're literally children. They're children in adult scenarios. And I think... Yeah, you made the point, why didn't they just, like, do, like, a real-time jump? Why didn't they do, like, three years or something? Yeah, like... Because then they could be adults. At least pump them up to, like, 21, 22, so we can at least pretend... Yeah, so that that they can, like, drink and stuff. And you can, like, pretend that they can go to bars and shit and not just be, like... No, they're, like, 18, but they're, like, living, like, 25-year-olds. And it's, like, no. And it would also make the, like, engagement stuff make a lot more sense. Yeah, if they had just fucking nutted up and done a time jump instead of bullshitting around. But again, see, that, like, requires imagination. (sighs) (laughs) Ugh. And, like, I liked this episode. Yeah, it's a fun but... episode. It was better than the last few. It was better than most of this season. But then Kurt and Blaine, like, kiss, and then Kurt's like, but we're gonna have, the, like, the hottest makeup sex ever. And it's like, okay, they're not allowed to live together, but they're allowed to talk about fucking, like... <laughs> well, yeah, because, like, Blaine and Kurt kiss... Is it really just during that one scene? I think it is. Yeah, um, kind of, I think. But they, they, they feel much more, like, physically connected, which is good, because they've been together for, like, a long time now. Yeah, um, a couple of years, technically. They've been together since Kurt's junior year, and he's now presumably in his second year at Nyata. So that's like four years. Yeah, but they were broken up for a minute. For for like half a year. I know it seems like it was a long time because they broke up early season four and got back together early season five. But in the timeline of the show, that was less. That was like half a school year. Uh, I guess they were only broken up for like three months. That's stupid. Right? Because they broke up in, like, fall of that year, and when season five starts, it's, like, what, March of that year? Yeah. Oy. Jesus Christ. I hate this show. (laughs) 
It really does feel like you're getting less and less enjoyment out of it every time we do this. I just, it's just getting, I think it's just because it's so complicated now. And, like, they just keep throwing more things into it. But then they also this just, This was like, much simpler. It's, it's simpler in some ways, but also they keep just, like, dropping things that we never see or hear from again. And my brain cannot let that go. Because <laughs> I'm just like, but what the fuck was this storyline supposed to be? Why did we not have an end game for this? Like, why was this here? What was the point? Yeah, they really just don't plan. No, and it's annoying, and I hate it, and I hate it. But, Like, you know, like, most writers' rooms for TV, they, like, have, like, writers' meetings where they, like, break stories and, like, decide who's gonna take on certain things. I... I'm pretty sure they did not do any of that on this show. I am pretty sure they had a team of writers, but, like, they just, like, worked week to week and were, like, not really communicating. Yeah. <laughs> like, someone would finish the script for one week, hand it to the person who's writing the next week, they would read it, they would write, repeat. And, like... It, it, it feels like they wrote it a word. There was no planning. It was a word at a time. They would just pass yeah. around a piece of paper and write a sentence a word at a time. And be like, that's the dialogue. That's and no one would go back and read the old sentences. They would only read the sentence they had just gotten. Yep. So then they're they're all hanging out in the loft again together. Kurt and Blaine announce that they're not breaking up, but they are not living together anymore. Sam says he's not living at the model housing anymore, so he and Blaine are going to try and find a place to live. Rachel and Artie come in and are like, you'll never believe what happened to us. They were on the L train and turns out the guy that mugged Artie was on the same car as them. And so Artie went up and fucking pepper sprayed his ass. (laughs) And the guy got arrested and Artie got his laptop back. Which I have to point out, pepper spray, I believe, is illegal in New York City. And if you pepper spray someone, you can get arrested. So, just throwing it out of there. <laughs> but I already get... Uh, I, think, I think maybe if we want to be generous, we can say that Artie... The, the thief was, like, a bigger caller because he had, like, robbed, like a, like, a lot of people. Yeah. And so maybe it was, like, an exchange situation where, like, you caught this guy who's a bigger deal, so we'll let you go, even though, like, we need to confiscate that pepper spray. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how the NYPD handled it. I'm sure they handled it poorly. Um, like, Yeah, they were actually critical of the cops at the start of the episode. Yeah, because they weren't... like, Artie's, like, talking to the cops, and they, like, hang up on him. Yeah, and he's like, what the fuck? Like... <laughs> He's used to small town Ohio. <laughs> and NYPD don't care. They don't give a fuck. They only care if you jump the turnstile to get to the subway. So, already got his bag back. Yay! Everyone's so happy. Everyone had a happy ending. They're all friends. And then, who walks in? Mercedes Jones! <laughs> She's like, I'm on the East Coast now, and I'm living in a beautiful two-bedroom townhome in Brooklyn. Yeah. Brown? You know, honestly, Courtney, even setting that aside, here's how I knew that you are no longer enjoying any part of Glee anymore. Mercedes (laughs) Jones showed up, and you were like, ugh. (laughs) There's just no reason for her to be there. Like, no, I love Mercedes. 
I love that she's back. I you love- were, like, upset to see her. <laughs> and I knew she was coming back, but I was just, like, they literally just, like, were, like, and she's here now. That's it! <laughs> there was no reason for That's- her to be there. Well, no, so her reason, allegedly, is that, uh, so she she was working as a contracted backup singer, right? Um, if, I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, she was working as a backup singer, and... The, like, the one of the terms for her coming on as a backup singer was that she would get to do her own album. No, she was a songwriter. But she's, she gets to do her own album. Yeah, that, that was the agreement. And so, as part of her demands for her album, she, like, told them that she needed to move to New York, and they, like... We're like, okay, we'll pay for you to do that. You are an unknown artist... You have not released any work yet. You've written songs. You definitely have the ability to shelve you at any moment. But yeah, we'll pay for you to live in this giant apartment in New York. It it is it is odd mostly because like yes, she like if she's working as a songwriter, that means that she does have like a little bit of clout. Especially because she said that like I think a couple artists that are like well known or whatever picked up her songs. But like, yeah. We, but for her I, to like, they they should be more explicit about that. Then, if we're expected to believe this whole thing, because they like mentioned it offhand. I didn't even remember that until you said it. And like, I would think that'd be a pretty big deal that Mercedes has written songs for like real artists. Like, shouldn't we know who they are from memory? Yeah, I couldn't tell you. I'm sure they said someone, but I don't remember. I don't know. I feel like it was probably like Rihanna or something impressive like that. But anyway, she moves into this two-bedroom town home. Kurt, Kurt and Blaine and Sam and Rachel are helping her move in, but it's really just Kurt and Blaine moving furniture. Rachel's not doing anything. And then Sam and Mercedes are, like, unpacking stuff. And Mercedes is like, well, I have this extra bedroom that I could maybe rent out to, like, some friends from high school who need a place to stay. And Sam's like, oh, that's me and Blaine. <laughs> So I guess Sam and Blaine are gonna, like gonna share a room. I don't see how this solves Blaine's problem, but yeah, basically. Yeah. I sure. So Sam, what is this room in this house or in this apartment that is going to be big enough for two beds? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they'll share one bed, but they're presuming that Blaine is just going to be at Kurt's place all the time. Where is Rachel living now? Is she still living with Kurt? She's still in the loft. It's her and Kurt in the loft now. They We she, don't know where Artie's living. I presume he lives on campus. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. I think he lives in a dorm. They yeah. don't mention it, but I think he lives in a dorm. That would make sense, especially if he's in a wheelchair. Like, that would make sense that they would accommodate that. Yeah. That seems like the easiest solution for him, at least. Why don't more of them live in dorms? I don't know if Niata has dorms, because I know- They do! Because, remember, in the first episode, Rachel lived in the dorms, that's how she met Brody. And then she moved out of the dorms because her roommate was, like, always, like, hooking up with her boyfriend, and she was upset, and Kurt was like, well, we'll just live together. But she was living in the dorm, so there are canonically no- dorms at Nyata. <laughs> I just, 
I just feel like usually schools like that don't have dorms. Like, I don't feel like Juilliard has dorms. But maybe they have, like, But they should have, like, student student apartments. Yeah, they probably have student housing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how schools work in New York. NYU is a mystery to me. (laughs) Like, so yeah, so they're all gonna live together, and then Rachel runs off, screams taxi, and then the show, the episode ends... With Rachel singing, people, <laughs> yeah, people. I don't know the words. And it's like not even like part of a dress rehearsal. It's like she she even says like it's like it's sound day at the theater where they're like going to be running sound and light tests. I'm like, I think that's called tech. Yeah, they. I think she was like at sound check or something, and I'm like, sound check is what you do like two seconds before the show starts. <laughs> Yeah, it's... I think you're in tech, Rachel. But she, like, wasn't in costume or anything. Remember she wears that wig? You don't need to be in costume for tech. Oh, that's right. You just sometimes do. You need it if it's, like, specific to the elements of tech. Yeah, if you're testing the lights or, like, a costume change, then, yeah, I would add it to tech. But if they're just doing, like, sound... It doesn't even look like there's a set on that fucking theater yet, so I don't know where the fuck they're- There there wasn't. It was just her standing on the stage. Yeah. Stupid. People is a song that is sung with, like, other characters. Like, there's another character present. Like, where- Where was Mr. Fantastic? Where is he? Ryan Murphy. Where is he? Where is he? I have notes. Anyway. So that's the episode. Oh, and, uh, Mercedes and Sam. Sam is- Oh, Sam the- is greeted by Mercedes and is immediately back in love because that's yeah. who Sam is. <laughs> he just needs a woman to love. He he really does. He was like so ready to give all of his love to girl Sam the model. But then as soon as she was like into pills, he was like, never mind. Um, but he, the second he sees Mercedes again, he's instantly like on his knees again. <laughs> he's he's yeah. like begging her to get back together basically. And honestly, he should be begging her. Yeah. Remember when Mercedes was dating that giant man? Yes. Oh, we forgot to say that Sam got a haircut. It was like a whole scene. Oh yeah, Sam gets a haircut, which is how he books the modeling job. Yeah. Whatever. I... He looks the best he's looking in a long time. Yeah, it's way better than the Bieber hair and way better than the long hair. It also makes him look younger. The long hair was really aging him. Yeah. Long hair does that to men for some reason. Mm-hmm. But I was saying while we were watching it, I was like, Cord Overstreet, which I still can't believe is his real canonical name. <laughs> his IRL name. Um, his given name. His birth name. <laughs> he... Two adults named a child that. He, in with this hair especially, looks like Austin Butler when Austin Butler is not playing Elvis, when he's, like, just a normal-looking guy. <laughs> I think they look alike. I do see the resemblance. They could play brothers, for sure. Yeah. Or, like, cousins. Something like that. Wasn't Austin Butler... It's funny how quickly you jumped from them being identical to... They could play cousins. <laughs> no, they do look a lot alike. They couldn't play twins. No. But they could play brothers. Yeah. Or, like, half-brothers. Yeah. Cousins can look alike. Yeah, it just... <laughs> While we were watching it, you were, like, insisting that they looked so much alike, and then you're like, no, they you, were, you looked at me with skepticism, and I was like, do they not? Did I fuck up on who I was thinking of? 
And then you were like, no, I can see it. And I was like, oh, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't he just host SNL or something? Yeah, like two days ago. Hilarious. You should watch the sketch from that about Marzipan. I watched (laughs) it. It was really funny. I haven't watched SNL in a long time. I just watched clips. Yeah, so this has been this has been another rousing episode of Glee. Yeah, that's how it ends. Yeah, that's literally oh, not it. What was um, your favorite song? During wait, wait, during the last segment where Rachel is singing people, Kurt and Blaine are like walking down the street hand in hand, and Courtney goes, Are they gonna uh get hate crimed? And I Elise's face, she looked at me with, like, just utter shock and, like, surprise. And and she was like, that's, I think that's the next episode. (laughs) And I was like, you've got to be shitting me. (laughs) I did it. I could not believe it. (laughs) I'm a genius. You are so good at predicting what's going to happen on Glee. It's it's honestly crazy how good at it you are. Literally, You've really figured out their formula. I feel like I told you this, but I, we're playing Dang and Rumpa, like, with Michael right now. And it's like a murder mystery game. It's kind of boring, but whatever. Don't tell him I said that. But I've gotten very good at predicting, like, what's going to happen in the game, like, with the overarching themes even. And so Michael took me aside at one point in Discord and was like, so listen, fucker, you keep getting things correct and I'm going to need you to shut the fuck up because <laughs> you're spoiling <laughs> everything unintentionally for everybody. And I was like, oh, I'm... Okay, so now I'm not allowed to like make guesses about what's going to happen. <laughs> so. <laughs> no, I, I do this thing all the time where... Uh, I say either what's about to happen or um, someone's, like, talking about something and I go, oh, that's just like this. It's always literally seconds before they say it on screen. <laughs> it happens to me all the time. I, I do it so constantly that Rick's, like, it's, like, a thing now. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> it's like pulling an Elise, how often I do it. <laughs> No, because I'll, I'll say things, like, I'll, I'll be watching something with Grayson, and then I'll, like, say something, and then a character on TV will say it, and he'll be like, does that answer your question? And I was like, well, I guess. I know, I'm always like, oh, is it gonna do this? And then it immediately does it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, this, I'm genuinely shocked you were able to peg that. Well, because I was thinking, like, a gay couple walking around New York, like, they think they're safe because they're in New York, but they're probably going to get hate crimed at some point because that's just how the show is. (laughs) Guess what? Um... The next episode is called Bash. (laughs) Which is very dark already. Is it sad? I might see her to watch it now. Um... I mean, I'll tell you, it has almost no lasting consequences. Well, I mean, neither did the school shooting episode. Right, but, like, someone actually gets hurt in this. Oh. (laughs) But, um... I'm trying to think. I mean... 
It definitely has its sad moments, but, like, the episode ends on, like, a triumphant note, and, like, I don't think it's spoken of after this episode, so. Yeah, that tracks, though. Um, the next episode, almost entirely Sondheim songs, so there's that. The hate crime one? Mm-hmm. Oh. How nice. <laughs> I'm trying to be positive here, Courtney. I don't know. Sondheim's, like, dark. <laughs> so I don't think they're going to be singing like, Sunday. Like <laughs> They sing I'm Still Here. Okay. <laughs> they sing Broadway Baby. Uh, okay. Yeah. Are you familiar with Broadway Baby? No. Okay, well... <laughs> it does also have two sad songs by Sondheim. Is it, like, a Sondheim tribute episode? <laughs> like... See, this is what's confusing. Like, it's it's kind of like, um, you know, like, in season one where they would do, like, tribute episodes, but it was just, like, two Lady Gaga songs? Yeah. But they'd call it, like, the Lady Gaga episode, even though there were, like, songs by other artists in it. I feel like it's kind of like that, although I don't think they really advertised it that way. Like, it's Weird. almost entirely Sondheim songs, but, like, there are also songs by other artists in it. So. Hmm. Weird. Actually, now I'm curious. Yeah, there's two songs in the episode that aren't by Sondheim. Both Mercedes songs. <laughs> no. Well, what was your favorite song in this episode? I guess you make me feel so young. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it was You Make Me Feel So Young, Downtown, uh, Rockstar... Don't Sleep in the Subway, Best Day of My Life, People. Yeah, you make me feel so young, probably. It was cute. Uh, my favorite was Glitter Glitter Rock Vampire. Okay. <laughs> forgot about that one. If you had to pick a real song, what would it be? Mm, I don't know. I guess you make me feel so young just because I watched Elf last night. It's on my brain now. <laughs> and I brought up Elf a lot, so. You make me feel so young. You make me feel song for the song. Bells to me run. Wonderful thing to be fun. Anyways. Do you want to make predictions for the next episode since you know at least something that happens in it? So Kurt and Blaine are going to get hate crimed. I have a feeling Kurt's going to get beat up and Blaine's going to try and, like, defend him because Blaine boxes. Um, we have to be reminded of that every now and then. And then everyone's going to, like, band together to find out who did it and bring them to justice. Um, and then Kurt's going to be, like, scared to leave the apartment or something and Blaine's going to, like, try and get him to leave the apartment again. <laughs> Okay. Something like that. <laughs> uh, I'll say almost none of that happens. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you can't win them all, Courtney. Well, I told you I'm better at overarching things, like than uh, details. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just happy Carmen Thibodeau is in the next one. To be honest. Oh, is Carmen Thibodeau going to give like a speech to them about how they have to be strong? <laughs> no. 
and how it gets better. <laughs> mm, no. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm thinking to 2020 and not enough 2014. <laughs> I thought you froze, but you were just sitting by yourself. <laughs> no, I I learned that Carmen Thibodeau has her own hyperlink on Wikipedia. Ah, oh, hell yeah. Good. <laughs> she doesn't have her own page, but she has her own hyperlink to the list of Glee characters Wikipedia page. On Wikipedia or Gleekopedia? Regular Wikipedia. Okay. <laughs> Not on Glee.fandom.wiki or whatever. Well, any other well, okay. thoughts about this episode? I I liked it. Yeah, it was and fun. I'm glad that I liked it. I'm going to try to be more optimistic about Glee going forward. Because of this? No, because you seem excited about the rest of the season. <laughs> and I don't want to hate it. <laughs> Honestly, this is the peak. Um, <laughs> the rest of the season is still on average, better than what we've had in a long time. However, this episode was very much the peak. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I didn't uh, say anything Interesting guest stars coming up. Uh, who could it be? Rod Stewart was in this one. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? Is that this episode actually did have cameos from a lot of people. Like, like Chris Colfer's partner was like a background Yada student in one scene. Um, And, like, Lee Michelle's dad was, like, an extra on the street in another. Um, But there was, during the Adam Lambert song, there was a guy playing a guitar who we both were like, wait a second. Because it's just, (laughs) something about his hair, he really looked like Rod Stewart. (laughs) I think it was him. (laughs) Why would it be him? Why would they not make an announcement about that? I don't know, because, like, we're just watching it, and I was like, wait a second, that guitarist guy is, like, famous. <laughs> like, what? I have to Google it now. It's not Rod Stewart, I promise you. Are you sure? I mean, you're making me second-guess myself, but I I think I would have known if Rod Stewart was at a cameo on an episode of Glee. No, I don't care. No, these are not things I want. If it didn't come up immediately, then it must not be true. No. But it really looked like him. <laughs> I know. New New York. Okay. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for this episode. It, it was directed by Sanaa Humri. It's the 102nd episode. What? Yeah, because remember we had the 100th episode very recently. Yeah. When they were supposed it's called 100. To... I don't want to pay- give you money, Wikipedia. Stop asking. Guest appearances. It's not in there. Okay, I don't think... <laughs> <laughs> you sound so disappointed. It really looked like him. You really, you really thought I wouldn't have known if Rod Stewart had been in this episode of Glee. I know, I know, I know, I know you would have known, okay, I know, but, like, wouldn't that be fun, though, if it was, like, a fact that you were, like, wow, I can't believe I missed this, like, giant thing that was never announced, that Rod Stewart was just quietly in an episode of Glee with Adam Lambert (laughs) for some reason. 
Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Anyways. I, when we were like 10 minutes into recording this episode, I was like, I really think this will be a shorter one. It took us 10 minutes to talk about the first minute of the episode. What made you think it was going to be a shorter one? (laughs) Because I for sure was like... Honestly, not very much happened. It just, like, we just got very into the nitty-gritty details. And here we are. You know I love to unpack things. Yeah. That's that's why we're a great co-hosting duo. Well, if you want to get granular here at TH Glee, if you want to hear us going deep about hate crimes, listen to the next episode. (laughs) Sorry, you can cut that out. You don't even know. You don't know. (laughs) I you literally you guessed the general plot. You don't know. (laughs) You're right. It could be that they got hate crime and they're like, "Wow, I loved it." What if Kurt and Blaine perpetuate the hate crime? Did you ever think about that, Courtney? <laughs> oh my god, they're like straight phobic. <laughs> Where's the parade for the straight people? They like beat up an immigrant. <laughs> they don't. I should clarify, Kurt and Blaine do not carry out a hate crime. I'm just fucking with you. They're the ones throwing bricks. <laughs> Anyways. Blaine kill a man and they have to spend the rest of the season covering it up. Honestly, I would watch that. I'd watch the shit out of that. If if Glee, It'd probably be more entertaining if than what Glee we had decided that one. to take a dark, gritty, homicidal turn, I would fucking be here for it. Okay, funny you say that because the other night, uh, or like we were Rick and I were somewhere. We were we were like at a bar for breakfast and they were playing this song. Um they were playing Gloria by Laura Branigan, and I was like, oh, they did this song on Glee, and this was also in the show where Darren Chris played a serial killer. Um, and Rick, like, heard me wrong, and he thought I was saying that there was an arc on Glee where Darren Chris's character was a serial killer. And I was like, no, I was talking about the show where he plays Andrew Cunanan, and he goes, oh. <laughs> I was like, wait, you thought that I was telling you that there was an arc on Glee where Blaine became a serial killer. And he was like, I mean... <laughs> I mean, yeah. I would believe it. <laughs> At this point. Well. <laughs> well. Sorry. I think it's time. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of text messages. Um, sorry, I'm hanging. It's bad bitch o'clock. It's thick 30. It's time to end the episode. I have to pee. So, we gotta end the episode. Thank you everyone for listening to another rousing episode of TH Glee. Um, I will never apologize for talking too much because you're literally listening to a podcast. So what are you even here for? Um, yeah, you could do anything else. You don't have to listen to us. Yeah, you chose. We're not making you. Um, there's a garbage truck outside my window. Future us. Take it away. So true, bestie. Oh, uh, what was I supposed to say? So true, chums. Chums. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of TH Glee. If you like this episode, you can give it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to see more from us, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at THGlee420. If you want to hear more of my voice, you can check out Pumping Up the Podcast, a Hannah Montana podcast, or follow me on Twitter at LovelyLacy. 
And if you want to hear more of my voice, you can listen to Ramsey's recaps and trailer trash, or follow me on Twitter at 40 Style. And until next time, don't stop believing. Oh my god. <laughs>